0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Movie Digest I am JQ and I'm Finn and this week it's our top 5 superhero movies So it's coming up to summer blockbuster time usually dominated by some sort of superhero Character of one or another, what's what superheroes we've got this summer? Spider Man
1: 2? Yeah, amazing Spider Man 2. Uh, we just recently had Captain America Captain 2. Captain America, as yeah. As well. But it, it's next summer. Oh, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy as well. This summer? This summer. Ooh. Um, but it, it's next summer that we're really looking forward to. You've got Batman versus Superman. You've yep. got Avengers 2. Yep. Uh, there's loads of other big ones. So Looking forward to it. Yeah. So you can go first this time. Okay. Um, I think there's going to be some crossover. Uh, probably, I'll try than, to avoid it. But. More than likely. Um, <laughs> the thing is that I I just wanted to say that this isn't my true, true top five, because if it was four of the five positions it would be Batman films. <laughs> but I didn't want to make Hang it... Hang like,
0: there's been any... Which Batman films would they be?
1: Well, we'll come to that. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've tried to get the best film for each of my five favorite superheroes if that makes right, sense okay yeah so there's not an awful lot of crossover so straight in at number five it is spider-man the first spider-man film by sam raimi ah yes yep it was a close call for me between this and the second raimi spider-man film spider-man 2 yeah but it's uh willem defoe's superb portrayal of the green goblin which just pips alfred molina's doc ock alfred molina was good though he was amazing in it but um Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin is just amazing. And also, I'm a massive, massive fan of origin stories, especially for superhero films. Yeah. And this did such a great job uh, of doing that, I think. And also, as well, obviously, it's really hard to not compare it to the franchise that's just been rebooted. We've just yep. had Amazing Spider-Man 2 come out. For me, I like Andrew Garfield, but he's just not as good a Spider-Man as Tobey Maguire is. Is it the quickest remake of a film? It's got to be. It's got to be I one of I can't think of anything that's quicker than that. Some films have sequels that are longer in between the first and second film than the rebooting of this entire franchise. Like Mrs. Doubtfire (laughs) 2. We'll come to that. Save it, save it. I think Tobey Maguire is a better Spider-Man. I don't think that's a very popular choice but I think he is. I think he's not as flashy or cool Mm. or just as good looking. Yeah, he's more nerdy. He he plays the Peter Parker side of it a lot better, I think. Have you seen the new film? I haven't seen... I've seen The Amazing Spider-Man but not Amazing Spider-Man 2. Apparently there's a lot of crying in it. Yeah, I've heard that because the story, as well, is well, from what I've read, if you know the comic books of the Spider Man universe, is meant to be a bit of a some sad moments in this film. Ah. Um, but I just think the from the Spider Man TV series that I grew up watching, the 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 animated one, yeah, the Raimi film is much more closely cast to that. So, like, I know, like, on paper, you've probably got a better cast, yeah in the in the new franchise you know you've got like emma stone great actress you got andrew garfield great actor you've got sally field playing at May. yeah you had um martin sheen playing uncle ben yeah great Uh, rice but i just i just prefer the cast of of spider-man films i just think they were they were better and also as well like just with the new one i'm not as much of a fan of i and i know actually the new ones are closer to the comic books So in the comic book, Spider-Man can't actually fire web from his body. Yes. It's all cartridges. But I thought, to me, that makes actually more sense biologically, if he's meant to be half man, half spider, that he can do all that stuff. So he can climb walls by the the little, you know, the barbs in his fingers. Yeah, which would have to go through the costume. Yes. But he can't, you know, expend endless amounts of of web fluid, which I, I just, again, I just prefer in the first one. And i remember seeing that in the cinema when i i think i was still in high school when the first one came out It was like 2002 or something like that and I, I just i absolutely loved it it was such a great it for me that was like the kind of like round about the turn of the century you had the real explosion in comic book movies yes. so you had like x-men became a franchise you had spider-man and all that and that was definitely one of the best ones that came out around about that time uh, so yeah that's uh, number five on my list number four is blade okay is that the one with one of the Bross brothers? No, that's Blade 2. All right, right, okay. Uh, and again, Blade, the first one, just pips the equally brilliant uh, sequel, which is directed by Guillermo del Toro, which has got Luke Goss in it. Luke Goss, there um, go, yeah. Who plays the baddie in the second one. But no, the first one, uh, the first one for me is the benchmark in how to make a good R-rated superhero movie. Because ah. a lot of the source material for superhero movies obviously comes from the comic book world. Yeah. And so often there are amazing graphic novels and comic book series which get watered down and watered down to cater for the widest possible audience. Yeah. Uh, And some great examples of that are great comic books which made terrible films like Hancock or Hellblazer, which became uh, Constantine. Oh, Um, yes. the, the The Hellblazer comic books are absolutely amazing. Blade is about as far away from that as you can possibly get. Wesley Snipes is fantastic in all of them. Um, but so is his support cast, you know, Chris Christopherson. Yeah. Uh, it's the first time I ever remember seeing someone smoking in a film and thinking it looked cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> Chris Christopherson looks like he eats cigarettes for breakfast. <laughs> and also as well, the, the, the they always say, your super- superhero is only as good as your villain is. Yes. And uh, Stephen Dorff, who plays a character called Deacon Frost, is just absolutely amazing, so menacing in that film. So it's number four. Number three, I think this might be a crossover, is Superman the movie? Nope. No, okay, no. good, good, good. To me, it's, it. you know, Superman's one of the most iconic superheroes, if not the most famous in history. And yeah. I think this is the best Superman film, the first one by Richard Donner. And again, with the parallels with the Spider-Man thing, I can't help but not contrast it to Man of Steel, which came out yeah. last summer, which for me was a massive disappointment. Um, and I think part of the reason for that is because Superman the movie did such a good job of, adapting the superman story the origin story um the acting's amazing you know you've got christopher reeve who is superman you know no matter who comes after that he'll i think will always be the seminal superman um and to get an academy award-winning actor like gene hackman to play the villain hmm. and in such a comedic way i just thought was a stroke of genius
0: yeah i re-watched Man of Steel recently and apart from the ending i, th- I preferred
1: it to the original
0: Really? Yeah. It's, the original's too campy and it's just
1: I th- poorly made. Yeah, it, yeah it is it schlocky and it's from the 70s and it's a little bit camp and stuff but I think as well if you, not that I've read a vast amount of the, you know, like the classic Superman yeah. comics but um, again, the, his vibes, like the complete antithesis to Batman. So Batman's the kind of like moody teenager type thing. Superman's always like, you know, bright primary colors yeah. and, um just quite joyful a little bit playful quite charismatic very straight-laced American good boy you know fun type character and I think that's what they did so well and what they did so badly in Man of Steel because it's just it's so morbid and maudlin and there's no there was no joy in Man of Steel I think you can go back and listen to the podcast from last summer when we reviewed it but for me, it was completely joyless I think the origin bit on uh, Krypton was better. it was good I in think so, but that's still, purely yeah. just budget. I mean, well, the origin in, in Superman the movies in a greenhouse, isn't it? Basically, <laughs> someone leaves the window open yeah. and they all die. But um, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with you on that front. But I just think, in terms of the aesthetic, in terms of how cool Superman is, you know, it has all the classic stuff going into the the phone booth and changing, and <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean there were there were certain bits with Man of Steel that were better, like um, Lois Lane isn't a complete nincompoop. <laughs> Uh, she's she's she is what she says in a tin, which is a, a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist who's yep. incredibly intelligent and goes on the hunt, which I think's better. Um, I, which again, I think dates the seventies one a little bit more, but it, I, I, for me, it's the best Superman film still. I just you feel like a little kid watching it again. I love it. There you go. Number two for me is the live action 1990 teenage mutant ninja turtles film. Oh, well, I
0: did not know that was going to get in there.
1: <laughs> so I I did ask you beforehand. Do the <laughs> turtles count as superheroes? And yes. I think they do cuz they're what they do? They're superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> you know they they they're mutated turtles that are ninja experts. Um so how can they not be superheroes? Um Do you see the, have you seen the extended trailer for the new film? Yeah, I didn't really notice too much that was different. No. Apart from there's a slight slight side view of sh- um Shredder. Splinter, splinter. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, it's just a very, very quick uh, reference to it. So
0: I'd be interested to see how they do that. The bit in the snow looks like a Call of Duty game. Yeah, which is a bit
1: odd. Don't know where
0: that's going to fit in. I yeah, I don't know.
1: Wait, again, if you want to know my feelings on that, go back to the. I think it's the previous <laughs> podcast where we reviewed the trailer in depth, and uh, yeah, it yeah. Um, I wasn't that big a fan <laughs> of it. Um, the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I, I th- again, I think I said in the last podcast, I'd watched it recently. And to me, it just doesn't get old. Like, I still think it's one of the best live action films with animatronics that I've ever yeah. seen. Have you seen the TV series? Not the Nickelodeon one. No, the, an- like-
0: the anime, the um, like 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. One. That was my favorite TV-, TV show growing up as a kid. Oh, the, the, not the animated one, the um, live action one. Oh, no, no. I they did that. a live action. In the 90s? Yeah. I don't remember that. It's awful. Imagine, you know, the style of, like, Mighty Boy and Power Rangers. Right, okay. Imagine that with the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, okay, it's yeah. it's
1: really bad. There's a lot of rubbish stuff that followed after the Ninja Turtles. Even Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. I, even when I was younger, like, I saw that when I was about eight years old. I, I didn't really <laughs> like it. And then three's Dreadful. And I think what you're talking about, that TV series, was off the back of the third film. Right, And it just became a massive marketing tool. Not that kids' toys never aren't marketing tools, but there was something that was really special about the first one for me. And, you know, for me, it's behind maybe something, a a lot of the, you know, the kind of benchmark films that used animatronics, like um, Jurassic Park, E.T., Aliens, anything that Stan Winston did. Uh, But when you consider how low the budget was, I, I think at one point, up until the Blair Witch Project, it was the highest-grossing independent film of all time. Really? By an independent ah. studio. Um, it made millions and millions of dollars and didn't cost very much to make at all. I think... I'm I just... I I don't want it to be clouded by the fact that I've got rose-tinted spectacles, but I totally do. I saw this film when I was six. Yeah. And it was a combination of everything that I knew in the world <laughs> at that point. It was the coolest film I'd ever seen. Uh, it was... It was just the the best thing I'd ever seen. But even into my adult years, a lot of the films that I loved as kids films when I was young have kind of waned over the years. They look dated. They look um, just a bit. They have they haven't aged well. But this is one that I I still love as much as I I did back then. Yeah, it's got a, a great cast that I, a lot of people that I still. Admire um, that are great, like kind of small character actors around Hollywood. A guy called Elias is one of my favorite, most underrated actors, plays Casey Jones. He's brilliant. Judith Hogue plays April Newell, I think, is brilliant. And you've even got a young Sam Rockwell, ah. who's the head thug of the Foot Clan. Right. Um, he's in there. But what I love most is that they managed to get four men in green bodysuits <laughs> with robotic heads to have such distinct characters and emotions. I remember when I was five years old or six years old I, I made the decision and i told my mom that i wanted to be a teenage mutant ninja turtle <laughs> when i grew up and um i was completely heartbroken in fact i cried when she told me i couldn't because i wasn't a turtle or a mutant or a ninja <laughs> at that point not that i ever will be a ninja um so yeah that's that's number two for me i think i might be able to guess what number one is i think you might be able to guess what number one is yeah is it my super ex-girlfriend Close. Well, that, that, that was a very, very close option to being in there. I don't know why that's in the rest of my top five, actually. No, um, number one for me is actually Batman Begins. Uh, okay. Which I do think there's, for regular listeners of the Movie Digest, there's no surprises as to the superhero I've gone for, but maybe yeah. for the film that I've gone for. Um, and actually, I can see that The Dark Knight, I can see that The Dark Knight is probably the better film, probably the best film of the franchise it certainly has the better villain in Heath Ledger's Oscar-winning yeah. turn as a Joker. But personally, I still prefer the first one because of how much it blew me away when I saw it at the cinema. Yeah, Batman's been a, a hero of mine since I was two years old. I remember I, when I was two, I had a kidney operation uh, and I was in hospital for quite a while. And the one toy I had with me the whole time at my bedside was this little plastic Batman figure. Ah. Um, and I grew up watching the animated series on TV and, and the old tv show from the 60s uh, and then obviously the older i got i started watching the burton films yeah and then when i got to uni a friend of mine was a big comic book enthusiast and uh, gave me a bunch of the kind of classic books to read you know like batman year one dark knight returns long halloween hush all those kind of things but when i saw nolan's batman begins it's the closest i ever seen a portrayal to Batman to the Batman that was in my head right of the kind of character that I'd formed of Batman in my head and Batman in your head talk like that <laughs> like, all that stuff I thought was amazing I think as I said earlier I love origin films and this to me is hands down the greatest superhero origin film ever made yeah the skill with which Nolan takes the Bruce Wayne character and navigates him to the Batman persona yeah is so believable you don't even question it they go into such brilliant detail like the fact that batman changes his voice when he's in the cowl as opposed to in public the way that um they have to order in bulk all the bits of his costume so as not to arouse suspicion the way that the that you find out why bats frighten him why they terrify him and why he wants to use that as a persona to turn fear on the criminals that have rocked his city and all these kind of I just think it's amazing and then on top of that you know you've got Hans Zimmer's score which is the perfect mix of like this 80s sci-fi Blade Runner type soundtrack and like this massive orchestral music which is a mix of horns and string kind of like a John Williams thing which has this mix to give it an epic but also an earthy and a grungy feel is just amazing and then you, you you know you go to the cast it's just stellar every single person in this film is incredible so yeah that's I, I mean i could talk about the nolan batman franchise all day but that's you could be you'd have to edit it out uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll keep talking after you you go home tonight yeah
0: just just lock the doors on there <laughs> so let's go for my top five and well sticking with batman my number five is batman Sixty-six. Sixty-six, okay. <laughs> just for a change. Interesting.
1: It's, it's a great film, man. I love so it. It's just so campy. It's just... A,
0: how they could do it with a straight face, I don't know. They're, like when they're kicking the shark off
1: and when he's got a bomb on him, sometimes you just can't get rid of a bomb. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Um, it, does he not have... When he's getting attacked by the shark, he's yeah, got, got shark repellent. Yeah, bats repellent. What the hell is shark about? repellent? Oh, it's insane. It's just... It's, it's so bad
0: that it's good. Yeah. Uh, the kids love it, obviously, because of all the bright colours and everything else. Yeah. It's the one where they've got all of the villains on the submarine, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the bat boat that just happens to be moored up, ready to go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny as well when, you, when you're when you a kid, it's, it's funny anyway, but the older you get, and you know, like, the cast that play the villains were, yeah. like, really respected yeah. Hollywood actors. So you've got, like, um, Burgess Meredith, who... Uh, probably one of his most famous film roles to to cinema goers will be as Rocky's trainer in um in in the Rocky franchise. Is it? Yeah. Um. But he plays penguin, so like you see this guy going. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, he's like going, you know, Rocky, you got it. You know, <laughs> I, it, amazing turn, and then he's like going, wah, 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 wah. It, when he's like vaporizing yeah. all the henchmen and yeah. stuff. It's brilliant. <laughs> Classic. Uh,
0: number four is. Mystery Men.
1: I've never seen Mystery Men. You've Never men. seen it. Nah,
0: it's quite. It's funny. It's uh, they are proper so It's a Ben it Stiller film, isn't it? You don't like Ben Stiller. That's why I haven't no. seen it. It's got Hank Azaria in it. Okay, from The Simpsons. Yeah, and Eddie Izzard's in it. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. So there's there's loads of funny stuff in there. Okay. Um, there's a bit of a bowling ball. Um, there's a bit where. Frank character characters. He's called the Blue Raja and he's dressed up like an Indian sort of Raja guy, and he throws forks at people. Okay, it's quite. Good. It's like a spoof superhero movie. Um, not really. It's kind of serious, but they're just not very good superheroes. Okay, I think that's the premise. Okay, um, it's quite good. Just check it out. Uh, number three, Iron Man.
1: It's a good film. Yeah, I, I, I know there, there was, a, there weren't. Well, the only. Actually, there were two Marvel films on my on my list, Blade and Spider-Man. But of the recent era Marvel films, that's probably my favourite of the Well, I guess it's the start the kind of the whole new current universe that we're sitting in. Yeah.
0: Uh, who's at the end of it? Is it Nick Fury comes into a bar at the end of the film?
1: I honestly can't remember. I haven't seen it for years. In the, in the epilogue at the end.
0: Um, but yeah, it's the... Again, another origin story. You love origin stories. I do, yeah. How he built all the machine and all that. And the graphics are great. Pretty much seamless. Even Paul Bettany is good as the um, computer. I don't think that's wise. Sir. We haven't done all the calculations. I've got another one and a half terabytes to go through. <laughs> Let's just go
1: for it. All right. Um, What's the name of his character, Jarvis? That's Jarvis, the name of the yeah. computer
0: system. It's yeah. got so it's an acronym for something. Yeah. No yeah. idea what. But um, obviously, Robert Downey Jr. is just amazing.
1: Amazing. He is Iron Man. Yeah. He's just you know born to play that character. Yeah. Amazing.
0: And he's just joined Twitter. I think he's already got like 11 million followers or something ridiculous, <laughs> and he's only done four <laughs> tweets. <laughs> Crazy. Something mad. Uh, number two, Back to Batman, Dark Knight. Dark Knight, yeah. yeah. I think it's almost a perfect film, even if you even if you took the Batman bit out of it, hmm. it would still be an amazing film. Yeah. Uh, obviously Heath Ledger's great in it,
1: which we've done about a million times before, and all the stunts are really good. Um, I, th- I think i um, We've probably talked about this before, but I think the thing that uh, that just surprised people so much was how I think how brave it was for mm. a lot of it because Batman Begins was a was a a big uh, success in terms of how much money it made and stuff like that. But I think when you'd said that you had Heath Ledger, who at that point had mostly done you know like like rom coms and yeah. uh, a, a couple of good films, but nothing that you would that would have prepared you for what he was like in that. No um it just i probably the most iconic role in cinema in the last 10 years or so i'd say I, I can't think of one performance that's been uh more astounding or just like more parodied i think that's always a good sign yes. of, of of someone that's so distinct and makes a character their own that it's you know it's 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 parodied by people yep so that's number 2 yeah number 1 you're going to love this.
0: The Incredibles.
1: Ah, Incredibles <laughs> is a great
0: film. I thought I'd go for something a little bit lighter.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, I think The Incredibles is one of the most underrated of the, the Disney Pixar films.
0: because yeah, the recent Disney Pixar films are pretty bad. We'll come on to that later. Ah, okay. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, even just down to the score. The score is like a perfect superhero, slightly Bond-esque type uh music. The um yeah. I think we spoke about this before, but Despicable Me's got a good score as well. Mm. Um we've got a, a Pixar album at home and that I think the Incredibles one's about five minutes long. Okay. Did it, did it, did it. um yeah Incredibles is great, colourful. I'm glad they haven't done a sequel. I think I didn't is that not like one of the ones that's been announced. I don't think so. Okay. Because um I think they would probably ruin it slightly because mm. the sequels they've done so far have been rubbish. Yeah. Cars 2 was very good. Yeah. Um, and the other ones I can't think of right now. Well,
1: I, I liked uh, the Toy Story sequels I thought were a fairly decent effort, especially Toy Story 2. Yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think the vast majority aren't as um, good no. as the original ones. No. So that's my top five. Nice. I had a couple of other honourable mentions. Honourable mentions, yep. Yeah batman 1989 just because it was which one's that that's the tim burton one i remember when it came out it was um a pretty big thing at the time (laughs) it's weird because well i was four right (laughs) five when it came out but i remember there used to be a tv show that my parents watched which was hosted i think by johnny vaughn Right. Which was, and I remember, because I can still remember the films. Obviously, I wasn't old enough to see them, but they showed scenes of it. And I was like, that looks amazing. Um, And another one that I always remember from that same time period was The Rocketeer. Yes. uh, Which came out. It's not a bad film. X-Men First Class, I thought, was the best of the X-Men films so far. Is that the Back in Time one? Yeah, the first one with Fassbender and McAvoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Crow as well. I I would say I, a superhero. I haven't seen it for about twenty years. So. It's great. I, I I watched it a couple of months ago. I really really enjoyed it. And also one that I would consider a superhero film, but it wasn't on anyone else's list, was The Mask. Because the mask is the, he a superhero? Well, yeah, he is. He even references himself as a superhero in it. I suppose, yeah. Um, and it's based off a comic book ah, series okay. uh, by a really small time uh, publisher. I think it was Dark Horse. I think it's the publisher that made it.
0: The guy that plays Raff,
1: uh, Donatello in the uh, Teenage Mutant
0: cartoon plays Jim Carrey's role in the TV show.
1: Ah, I love the mass TV show. Yeah. It's so funny. Alrighty then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, th- th- those were some, some honorable mentions. So, movie news. I think there's kind of only one place to start this week, which was the really sad news that um, Bob Hoskins passed away. Yes. Uh, last week at the age of 71 from pneumonia. I think he'd actually been diagnosed with Parkinson's yeah. about a year ago yeah. and had stopped acting straight away, which was tragic in itself. But to lose him as soon after that yeah. is, is, was a little bit of a shock. Bob Hoskins was one of those actors that like, you. he was in quite a lot of films I watched when I was younger. Yeah, you wouldn't really be aware it was you know Bob Hoskins and all these different things until you get a bit older. But um, two massive films from my childhood: uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Hook as well. Yeah, Um, was Smee wasn't it? I absolutely loved Hook, and I loved him in Hook. I thought he was such such an amazing Smee. And in the older you get, you know, you watch some of the more uh, adult films, and uh, things like The Long Good Friday. I just think is one of the best British films. So good, Uh, it's definitely worth a watch. The, the last scene in that is just one of my favourite last scenes in any film. It's brilliant. Don't spoil it. I, I oh, won't, I won't. <laughs> um, and also Mona Lisa, which he's uh, Oscar nominated for. What was the it sniper was film with Jude Law? Oh, Enemy at the Gates. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like Enemy at the Gates. Like but but I, I was going to make the point that actually, even in all the films that I haven't enjoyed that he's been in, I've still enjoyed Bob Hoskins. Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers is a prime (laughs) example. Absolutely dreadful film. But actually the two actors that are in that, John Leguizamo who plays Luigi and Bob Hoskins who plays Mario. You've got uh, Dennis Hopper who plays Koopa. It's it's a great cast, but it's just a dreadful, dreadful film. What I loved about Bob Hoskins is he never made um, any apologies for how much he hated that film and <laughs> um, so they were like I, I think i was reading an article or something the guardian or something it was republished from ages ago and they were like what's your biggest regret super mario brothers if you could go back in time and take one film off your thing what would you do at super mario brothers <laughs> he hated it but I, even that he's good in that and then um, there's a film that i've got my dvd collection which is a kind of small british um kind of gangster crime film called unleashed which has jet lee in it right he plays like a a a ninja guy who's raised kind of feral so he basically goes out and kills people for this mob boss who's Bob Hoskins right but even in that he's absolutely brilliant Uh, and I think his his last film role before he found out he had Parkinson's was Snow White and the Huntsman don't know if you saw that was he a dwarf yeah he plays like the kind of oldest wisest dwarf and even in that like he it's such a small part but he's absolutely brilliant in it so um, such a small part Sorry, I I just realised that that's a terrible joke and I'm not trying to say something. It it was such a supporting role. Um but it, short supporting <laughs> Uh um that's terrible. That's definitely getting cut. Um But even in that he, he was he was great, so yep. he'll be very sadly missed Bob Hoskins. Um the casting's finally been announced for Star Wars. Yep. Apparently. Hans has got a very big role in this film. Really? Apparently, yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Because all the old cast are confirmed. So Mark yep. Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, they're all back. Yeah. But they'll also be joined by... I, I was really impressed reading through the, the cast that they've got. So they've got um, John Boyega, who people might have seen in Attack the Block. I haven't he's, seen that film. It's no. really good. So he plays like the main kind of youth of the head of the gang in that is that the one by um, Joe Cornish? Yes. Oh, I have seen that film, yeah. yeah. So he plays like the head kind of kid yep. in that. Uh, Adam Driver. I don't know if you've seen any, any of Girls, the TV show. No. Fantastic in that. Oscar Isaac, who most people would know from the Oscar-nominated, I think it was Oscar-nominated film from the Coen brothers last year, Inside Llewyn Davis. I've not seen it, but he I He was a lead role it, in that. Yeah. He's also in um, Sucker Punch as the head of the kind of mental institution which I, I'd i forgotten about he, but he's really good Andy Serkis so one yeah. would presume he's some sort of uh... well I hope he's going to be a proper actor in it not a CG because he's a good actor you he's don't really very really see him on screen yeah I'm pretty sure he'll be in makeup heavily probably do, yeah. do you think he might be the emperor or someone like the emperor or coming back I don't know it depends on what direction they go down for the I don't know stories. what they're going to do you've also got uh, Donald Gleason. Brendan Gleason's son, who ah. has been in quite a few films that have come out recently, and he's a really good actor. And you've also got the fabulous Max von Sydow. Name the as well. merciless. <laughs> it's called Earth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gordon's alive!
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, how good would it be if Brian Blessed it? Well, actually, he's, he's in been episode in, one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Me <Misa-usa. laughs> I actually watched that again recently just because yeah. it was on at the Bank Holiday Weekend and it's terrible, but it's got the best music and I think my, probably my favourite lightsaber fight of the whole canon. Which one? The... The, the one with Darth Maul and Qui-Gon Jinn yeah. and Obi-Wan at yeah. the end of it, which is being played over by Jewels of Fate. And, um. um, my friend and I were so pumped afterwards that we put on duels of fate on the speaker system in the front room and had our own mock-like cyber fight. <laughs> um, Not and I had to hands. pretend I got cut, and, cut in half. Uh, no, we were fully clothed. Uh, yeah, it wasn't we. quite as homoerotic as, as it is <laughs> in your mind. But um, I, I Also, as well, you've got the other cast coming back, Anthony Daniels as yeah. 3PO, Kenny Baker as RTD2, and Who Peter Mayhew. Yeah, each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be interesting. Do you know I, a fact that I discovered recently which blew my mind? Peter Mayhew... I think it might have been on, I can't remember where I read this, but um, Peter Mayhew, who plays Chewbacca, Mm -hmm. he goes to the read-throughs of the scripts and all of Chewbacca's lines are in English. And when he's on set, he says his lines in English so that the cast can react to it. And it's only in post that it goes to the sound effect. So I I don't know why, though. That totally blew my mind when I found (laughs) that out. Yeah, so are, are you
0: excited for a star or something? Yeah. As long as they do it in the same style as the rest of them. Yeah. Cuz there's six films now. They've got a very specific style and yeah. look and cinematography to it. As long as um are they going to have the 24th century 21st century Fox logo at the
1: start? Ooh, I don't know. That's a big part of the film as yeah. well, isn't it? <laughs> it's a small part, but it's a big part at the same yeah. time. Yeah. In other news, uh Zack Snyder has been confirmed to direct a Justice League movie. Ah. but I think it'll be, this is years and years away. Yeah. I kind of feel a bit meh about it because I love, obviously I mean, we've talked about the superhero mm-hmm. movies and how much I love Batman and all the rest of it. But um, I think I'll reserve judgment until I've seen Batman versus Superman, which comes yeah. out in. It, in it's Tuesday. definitely Batman versus Superman. Well, they actually haven't titled it yet, but it's going to be, I think it's going to be the two of them facing off against each other. I think. Right. And then that hopefully that will lead into a Justice League but why, movie. But
0: why would they face off against each other?
1: Well, it, there are a couple of the comic books where they, they do fight each other. Right. For different reasons. Probably the most famous one is in um, Dark Knight Returns, which is actually the one which is about when, when Batman's too old to be Batman and he right. comes out of retirement.
0: But Superman yeah. would easily kill Batman.
1: Well, that's, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Batman has to kind of use his smarts to try and defend himself against a man who could crush him to a pulp with his bare hands and has laser vision and can fly and all these different things. So Batman has to think around how he can do that. It's no concept really, (laughs) Batman loses. (laughs) Yeah, like we said earlier, Man of Steel was majorly disappointing to me and actually his other superhero film, Watchmen, uh, it just wasn't as good an adaptation as it could have been, I didn't think. Having said that, I, d- I, have, I quite enjoyed Sucker Punch, which I saw a couple of months ago. Which one is Sucker Punch? It's the one about uh, the girls who are in uh, sent to a mental asylum and they create this fantasy world to try and escape right. the reality of how bleak it is there. Uh, it, it's really well done. Um, and also, I, I really enjoyed his Dawn of the Dead remake as well, which was his first big feature film. So I, I'm just glad to see DC trying to catch up Marvel, who, although marvel definitely appear to have the better game plan yeah i just don't care for the characters or the comics as much um I, like iron man and the avengers are about the only two films i've enjoyed captain america i didn't enjoy thor i didn't enjoy the rest of the iron man franchise i didn't enjoy uh, the incredible heart i thought was dreadful both versions of it so yeah I, i'm just excited to see the justice league finally hit the big screen there you go there's been a couple of trailers, kind of following on from that. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Fox TV and States are doing a Gotham TV yes, series. Yes, I did see the trailer. Yeah. What did What did you make of it? Um, not
0: too sure yet. It's It seems to be set in modern times, which it should be sort of set in the seventies
1: ish. Yeah,
0: I suppose so. Yeah, so I'm not entirely sure.
1: I, I thought it, I thought it looked quite good. I'm prepared to give it the benefit of the doubt as well. Anything that's again, anything that's around the Batman. Yeah. Um universe i'm kind of excited about but i mean the cast looked quite good it's ben mckenzie's playing the young jim gordon yeah who people will be like oh he was in the LC but he actually has already played um, batman interestingly enough he's Ooh. in the animated adaptation of batman year one the graphic novel right he plays batman and bruce Wayne. interesting that the jim gordon in that was brian cranston ah. who i think would have been an amazing jim gordon in Batman versus Superman but I don't think he's uh, he's put himself up for the role um, but a kind of good supporting cast as well Jada Pinkett Smith is going to play one of the crime bosses in the city What? Uh, Donald Logue's going to play I think the chief commissioner uh, in charge of Jim Gordon and there's going to be origin stories for Catwoman the Riddler, Penguin and it hits at the start of Batman as well Yeah. so I, I'm kind of excited for it see how it goes and just one other kind of teaser trailer that we saw actually just before we went out for lunch <laughs> which got me so excited is the teaser for the Inbetweeners yeah. 2. Yeah. Looking Wait, forward to that. I think it'll be good. If you haven't seen it, um go to the Facebook page because it's posted on there. Yeah. It's just like this really short minute long clip. It kind of tells you everything you need to know <laughs> about yeah. it. it's just going to be a continuation of more of the same. If you're a fan of the Inbetweeners, which yeah. both of us are, I, I I'm kind of hoping that they'll um they'll make a good job of it.
0: And I'll uh, I'll drop a name here. I did have a little chat with Ian Morris as director a couple of weeks ago Ian Morris who is for people that don't know the director of The Inbetweeners and the writer and the writer uh, yeah nice guy chatting about the film it was shot on Anari Alexa and edited in Avid in case you're wondering just around the corner from here
1: edited in Avid just to show that nobody's perfect <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> this has been it for the movie <laughs> so
0: what? next films we've watched I've been on a bit of a film binge oh have you yeah please do tell because I've got a bad back I've been sleeping downstairs because my snoring is keeping the wife awake so before I go to sleep I've been sort of well up Netflix and watching a film Uh, so I've watched Kick-Ass 2 any good? not really I've heard it's dreadful I haven't seen it it's not as good as I thought it was going to be why was it not
1: as good? just it's
0: just a bit meh nothing to say um, it's just a bit too over the top um, with the bad guy just there's not enough it was just too it just wasn't very good this wasn't very good uh, the Green Hornet oh Seth the Seth Rogen. Rogen one not very
1: good Yeah. again, again I mean, had I mean, nothing to say nothing to say it, um, it was a shame because on paper that was great I love Seth Rogen yeah. I, I think he's great You know, I'd watch him in pretty much anything and also it was directed by Michel Gondry, who's one of my favorite directors. People would know him for the more kind of bizarre visual films that he's done. So like yeah. he did Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Which the Science Love. of Sleep, yeah. Be Kind, Rewind, yeah. uh, as well as a whole host of really famous music videos for like Chemical Brothers, Bjork, all that kind of thing. Yeah. But um, yeah. It just, again, it's just a meh film, just had nothing to say,
0: mm. nothing interesting about any of the characters. Um. I started watching The Dictator with Sasha Bow and Cohen. Oh, okay. Awful, really awful. Just I could, there was little bits in there that could have been a really good, but just poorly executed and just a complete waste of time.
1: It, it kind of feels like he's going down the really easy route. Yeah. So, like, I I, I thought Borat was really funny in places, and then when Bruno came out, it's like. Well, we'll try and cater for the kind of like, you know, cock and balls type joke. Yeah. Um, lowest common denominator, really lowbrow humor. Yeah. And he went down that really far with Bruno. And from the trailer, I haven't seen The Dictator, but from the trailer, it looked like he was just doing the same kind of stuff as yeah. before. Yeah, but this is, this is a straight film. It's not like a okay. fake documentary. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Welcome to The Punch. I, I, oh gosh, that was ages ago I saw that. That was about a year and a a year ago yeah. I saw that. I, uh, it was Okay. I didn't really like the it. The thing that I liked most about it was how aesthetically pleasing it was. Like, it looked beautiful. Oh, yeah, it looked great, yeah. It looked, the way it made that part of London look, because yep. that's the part of the city that I live in. Yeah. It was incredible. And a good cast, like, it's James McAvoy, isn't yep. it? And Mark Strong. Yeah. But just the story was, I couldn't follow what the story was. I had no idea what was going no.
0: on, because James McAvoy hated Mark Strong. They never gave any reason why. I no. mean, he got shot in the leg by him. Yeah. But you'd get shot in... By anyone who was chasing you would yeah. so it's just it was just bizarre yeah um, one there was a great scene where they walked in on the mum and the guy's nan they're holding her hostage and she didn't know
1: oh yeah that that, was, that scene was brilliant that was pretty good I like and then that it scene. all goes to like slow-mo doesn't it
0: yeah but not well done enough no nah. there's been a lot better slow-mo things done than that um, is
1: Peter Mullen one of the henchmen
0: Scottish actor grey hair yes yeah 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 he gets shot in the belly in that one yeah uh also saw bill and ted talking about which um, one the first one bogus journey
1: oh uh, okay Yeah, that's, i don't like that one as i have surprisingly enjoyed it it's good but it's no it's not a patch in the first one yeah this, i like all the clever stuff about at the end where the guy's
0: trying to shoot them with the gun and they go well we'll go back in time and put a cage over the top of your head and then the cage comes down
1: <laughs> <laughs> what i love is that they uh they actually learn how to become musicians yeah And do they not come back on stage with like ZZ top beards? Yeah. And like their children on backpacks (laughs) and stuff. I
0: thought that was quite cool. Uh, Station. And the little funny thing that jumped into it. I
1: think as well. I love, there's like little film nods as well. So obviously they play death at games for their souls, which is a reference to Inger Bergman's The Seventh Seal, which is like Ah. this classic black and white film (laughs) where (laughs) this knight from the crusades plays death at chess. But then they end up playing like is it like Twister and Twister, Battleship, yeah. <laughs> and um, William Sadler as deaf is brilliant. So good. You have suck my
0: battleship.
1: Is <laughs> there <laughs> so not a bit where they're walking around the hardware store and there's someone smoking and he yeah, just yeah. goes up to him and goes, "See you soon." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. And then me and um, Lucy watched Wally again
0: yesterday. Oh,
1: Wally! Wally, yeah. right? Okay. Thought... There's
0: a great um, thing on Buzzfeed about theories behind movies, uh-huh. and they said about Wally. As If you watch it thinking that Wally killed all of the other robots, yeah, he's the only one that's left because they could do a brilliant breakdown of it, like because he's obviously a sentient being that's got feelings and everything else, yeah. But then when he comes across a dead comrade, he just rips off their body parts and uses them for himself,
1: yeah, true. <laughs> I, 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 Wally kind of made me feel too is because the first half of the film. I absolutely loved the bit yeah. where it's just him by himself, and then he meets—is it Eve? as the other Eva. robot? Which is great; it's really sweet. But then when they go to the spaceship and there's all the fat humans and stuff, it just kind of really tailed off for me. It was a bit did, weird. I didn't it? like the second half of wall It
0: was odd having real people in it as well, like filmed people. Yeah. And then CG people. Yeah, it was. It was Very just odd. a bit odd. Mm.
1: What about yourself, i um, the only film that I've seen in the cinema since the last time we talked is. Um, Darren Aronofsky's Noah. Ah, okay. It's it's both good and bad. Okay. They're,
0: Is it good because he's got Ray Winston in it? Get off my boat, you slick.
1: Actually, his character was one of the things that annoyed me, and I like yeah. Ray Winston. It just... I, I'll, I'll come to that bit in a minute. So I'll start with what I actually quite liked about it. It looks great, as, as ah. do all Aronofsky films. Like, there's a really cool... There's certain scenes. There's one where Noah's telling his family, basically the whole creation story. And it's like this, almost like a time-lapse stop animation journey right. of like you know the universe being imagined and then the stars coming into existence and the earth spinning and then evolution basically happening yeah. over the course of a day kind of thing. And uh, I th- that that was amazing. And some of the dream sequences. So like, there's like no bit where like you know God tells Noah uh, that there's going to be a flood, but Noah has these recurring dreams. And that, where he tries to interpret what they mean and stuff, were just really great. Yeah. And also, the part of the Bible this is from is a really, really short bit. Like, it's not a huge bit of the Bible at all. It's like, you know, one, a couple of chapters, really, really small. Um, And when it follows that story, because it's quite a thin story, uh, it's really good. But there's a lot of embellishments that are just, they didn't really work for me. For me, the best thing about Noah is actually the human drama of it. Yeah. So... Everybody knows the story of Noah, you know, um, the, God created the world and then the world became wicked. So God decides to flood the earth and he keeps Noah's family alive and all the animals to repopulate the earth. And it's just kind of hard to imagine, when, you know, when you're told these stories in Sunday school and stuff about like the, the, the impact that they have because they're kind of told as children's stories when mm. in actual fact, this is one of the most grim stories that's that's in the Bible. It's about the destruction of humanity and, and you know, um, this one family chosen to repopulate the earth basically yeah and th- they show Noah's survivors guilt which is something i never really thought of in in a brilliant way there's one really moving scene where they're all in the ark and the floods are happening all around them and you can hear you know as the ark's creaking and stuff like that you can hear the screams of the people outside who are trapped ah. outside and they're drowning and people are you know climbing up mountains to get to the top of the rocks and they're all going to be flooded um and his family are like you know can we not just let the survivors or the children or anything in and it just, that was really really well done and um but it was interesting because those were the, those were the best bits the most boring bits were all like the action scenes the needless um just the needless bits that were added to the story to make it more like a big blockbuster film so like obviously Noah's dad's murdered at the start by the character that then becomes Ray Winston and then there's a show off and he gets to pull out his gladiator lines like I am Noah, son of Da-da-da, grandson <laughs> of Methuselah, brother, like, all this kind of thing and I will have my vengeance in this world. He literally next. almost says that almost um, and it I just that really bugged the crap out of me. In terms of the design, it kind of annoyed me because like the whole feel of the world is like this weird dystopian future slash past like it's got no defined era even right. the clothes that they wear you couldn't say oh they look like clothes that people in you know biblical times would yep. wear it's almost post-apocalyptic so like uh they there's a bit where they find a steel scrapyard which has been abandoned what? just in the middle of the desert and uh, it, it, stuff like that i was just like oh, i don't know how this sits with what i think the ancient world would have yeah. been like you know um and also there. are so I went back and read uh, the, the the bit in Genesis where it 's from because I wanted to see what how it differed from that yeah. to the story and in in the part of Noah 's story in Genesis, it talks that there are angels that came down to earth which had children with the women of earth because they found them so pretty and that 's where the whole race of giants were born right. so like the giants that come up later in the Bible um When David fights Goliath and stuff like that, Goliath's a giant, that's the race that they came from, were from the angels that uh, had children with the women of Earth. But they kind of twist that around, so there's no giants in this, but there are angels that come down from heaven because they see mankind and they want to help him. But as soon as they enter Earth's atmosphere, it's like they're bound by Earth's atmosphere. So they turn into these weird stop animation Ray Harryhausen type rock creatures right look like they've got arthritis and like can't move anyway noah makes pals with them and they help him build the ark of course they do of course so i i just uh, i didn't really work for me also um a character that's often talked about in bible is methuselah because he's like the meant to be the oldest man that ever lived you know he lived to like thousands of years old and um for some reason noah ends up finding him and they build the ark in the shadow of the mountain that methuselah lives on yet in the course of 10 years, they apparently only seem twice. <laughs> it just seemed a bit bizarre. And the most annoying part of the whole story for me is, and it's this is something I was thinking about. So in, in the Bible, Noah and his wife uh, have three sons and yeah. they, all three of them are married and uh, they take their wives on, on the boat, which makes sense because then you can repopulate the earth yeah. in a non-incestuous way. Cousins yes uh, but i mean do you know what i mean like they're not yeah. all having to have sex with i, I just uh, yeah anyway but in in the film what they've done is none of them are married uh, except the oldest one starts going out with emma watson who's this girl that they find and rescue when she's younger Um so they're kind of like husband and wife and then the other two aren't allowed to have wives so that just made me question how how they would populate the world with two women, one of whom's their mum and one's mm. whom's their sister in law. It was just a bit weird. But the weirdest part, and this has kind of spoilers for the film, not for the not from the Bible story, which if you don't want to know, I suggest you skip ahead. Maybe like like three or the four minutes. Did it. But no, right. So the whole thing is Emma Watson's character can't have children because she got stabbed as a child. Right. Mm-hmm. Then Methuselah prays with her just before they get on the ark and that's meant to be her healed then emma watson and her husband have sex on the ark bearing in mind that they're on the ark for 40 days and 40 nights in that time emma watson conceives and gives birth brilliant so that just kind of blew my mind in that thing and also noah wants to kill the children so which made no sense as well so that whole part of the story just, I switched off at that point. So, I, I yeah. And um, it's, so this is a long-winded way to see it. There, there are good things about it. There are bad things about it. It's a total Marmite movie. I think right. you will either really like it or really not like it. Um, it's worth seeing as as all Aronofsky films are, but uh, it's not as good as I thought it was going to be. Well, there you go. Uh, and two other older films that I saw just quickly. The... Um, that I saw recently one was the Hobbit desolation of smog thief reveal yourself <laughs> I thought it was great
0: um what about the giant golden moldy um golden man at the end
1: the cG was yeah some of the, yeah some of the cG was wasn't the best but you kind of go with it. I enjoyed the story the one single thing that really annoyed me. Is that you get to the bit where Smog's like, right, I'm busting out of this joint. I'm going to go yeah. and kill the village. Film ends.
0: Perfect place to stop.
1: But that, like, I saw the need for the break between the first and the second film. Yeah. But the break between, I'm just wondering how they're going to span out another three hours just of this last bit. I've of the original material, so. But it just kind of annoyed. It just seems so cynical. Because I finally got to the point where I was excited yeah. to see Smog, and he was going out to destroy him. And then it was just like, end credits. And I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> it's, it was so unrewarding to get that end, um, having spent three hours watching it. Yeah. Not to say that I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll look forward to seeing another one. And the other one that I saw, so this is coming back to what we were saying earlier about the most recent Disney films. Yeah, I downloaded Frozen. Oh, God. I downloaded Frozen to watch. Hearing it, so Frozen is the highest grossing animated film of all time. And I think in, I'm right in saying it's the seventh highest grossing film of all time. Right. Of any film. Grossed over a billion dollars. Uh, Oscar winning. Yep. In terms of the, I think it was the song and some, some of the other stuff. Imagine so. Um, yeah. So, and also as well, I remember you saying you didn't like it, but you also said you didn't really enjoy Brave. And I quite enjoyed Brave. So I was thinking, well, I'll keep an open mind because I've heard. It's obviously something. wrong. <laughs> no, 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 But the, I mean, there's some that we do differ on, and there's some yeah. that we totally agree on. I thought it was absolutely dreadful. Yeah. Honestly, to the point where I think it's probably one of the poorest Disney films I've ever seen. Yeah. The script is diabolical, the musical numbers are awful. And even, like, the way that they sing it, like... I'm, so, um, the one that plays the the Ice Princess, or whatever, yeah. I can't remember her name is, is played by, what's her name? Idrina Menzel, uh, or something like that. I'm probably pronouncing it the same way John Travolta did <laughs> at the Oscars. But um, she's the one of the main singers from Glee, I think. Right. Her voice just went through me. Like, when it gets to the titular song, Let yeah. It Go, like, she's screeching. I just, I couldn't stand it. And also, as well, like, the... They can't actually kind of address that halfway through the film. You know where she gets married after one day to this stupid prince yeah. guy at the start of the film? Or engaged, sorry. Yeah, I just... I don't... And I watched this on the train up to... Uh, on the train back home when I was going up over Easter. And when I was home over Easter, I ended up watching Tangled over the same weekend yeah. with my family. Tangled is brilliant. Tangled is brilliant. It's, yeah. That's what Frozen should have been. Yeah. It just had none of the, the wit and the charm. And also as well, we, we put Frozen off. So I watched it on the train up and then... My family wanted to see it and my mum was bored after about four minutes and she's uh well she was a professional musician um so th- when the singing came on she was just like this is dreadful i'm not watching this <laughs> um and we tried to stick it out because we've got a rule in our family that we just try and stick it out to the end of films yeah the bit where uh the snowman just saunters out it just comes out of appear- nowhere and it appears out of nowhere doesn't talk to the main about the, the person who's supposed to have created him Nah. It just um, that was the point we put it off because my yeah. sister was like nah talking snowmen this is going off yeah um so yeah i was i was just so so disappointed it wasn't funny it wasn't witty the music was terrible animation was okay um it's uh, yeah it was poor it was really really poor and to the point where i wonder if we've seen the same film that everybody else has yeah. Because I, I, I'm i just like, what? why do people love this so much? I, I honestly don't know. There is no rhyme or reason. You could list any other mm. Disney Pixar film and yeah. they're infinitely better than this Steve one. It's Brave's better than that. Yeah, uh, hands down. <laughs> hands down. Um, and yet this is the one that has the accolade of being the highest grossing animated film of all time. Yeah. Ridiculous. Unbelievable. But I think maybe we should... uh No. No, (laughs) watch it together. No, 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 no. I was going to say maybe we should just uh, take the advice of the of the main song and just let it go. 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 go.
0: go. (laughs) I hate that song. (laughs) And on that bombshell, that's it for this week's episode of the Movie Digest. I have been JQ and I've been Finn. Bye. Bye.